Today we'll discuss another player who may be able to help the Islanders improve from within. Plus, is there room for Zach Parise? And if he doesn't come back, who takes his spot on the third line? We've got that and a lot more to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And we are now also available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. We have got a lot to get to on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever is on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at uh, LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders throughout the offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, if it's happening to the New York Islanders, we will have it for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So let's get right down to business. Every dayers, you know that throughout the last couple of weeks of the offseason, now that free agency has quieted down a bit, and we know that the Islanders basically did what Lou Lamorello said they were going to do. The priority was to keep their own players so I guess the, the, the follow-up question that we've been asking on this show is how else can the New York Islanders improve from within? How do you take the group that they've got and do better than 22nd in the league in goals, 30th in the league on the power play? How do you get more out of the same group as they're a year older? And look, there are ways. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, certainly Bo Horvat can can play better in an Islanders uniform. You have Matthew Barzal staying healthy for a full, let's say, even 75 or more games, as opposed to the, what, 56 or so that he played a year ago. You, you get Adam Pellick healthy for an entire season. And one other player that we haven't discussed yet, 
that I wanted to touch on was Kyle Palmieri. Now, Palms continues to be, uh, you know, a, a pretty good player when he's healthy. But keeping him out there on the ice and keeping him productive is a little bit of a challenge. Now, Palmieri, 32, he will turn 33 in February. But, you know, you look back and the last time he played a full season was 2019-2020. And keep in mind, that wasn't even a full season because COVID ended that season uh, early. He did play 65 games, which is very close to every game. If it isn't every game, the Devils played that year. And he scored 25 goals and had 45 points uh, that season, including 11 of those 25 goals coming on the power play. But since joining the Islanders in 2021-2022, 69 games last year, 55 games out of 82. And, you know, look, as an Islander, in 141 games, he has 33 goals and 70 points, which means that in his two and a fraction seasons with the Isles, he is basically about a point every other game kind of a player. He's a half a point a game guy, which realistically puts him at 40, 41 points for a season, uh, you know, if you play a full 82 games. But that's not good enough. And you look at what you expect from Kyle Palmieri. Look, he is a second-line winger on this Islanders team. And he's also seeing time on the power play. So in three seasons or parts, you know, two plus seasons with the Islanders, six power play goals, six power play assists in 141 games. Those numbers have to go up. Last year, if Palms would have kept the same pace and played all 82 games, you're looking at 24 goals, 49 points over 82 games on pace, roughly. I mean, you have to round up a little bit. If he could stay healthy and give the Islanders 25 goals and 50 points, I think the Islanders would take that. It's got to be more than three power play goals. But, you know, he's got to get healthy and stay that way. And the fact that he hasn't been able to play a full season over the last three years and continues to get older certainly raises concerns. So is Kyle Palmieri capable of having a little bit of a bounce back season and being more productive? I would tend to say he is, but the key is for him to stay healthy. And look, last year he averaged a little more than 17 minutes of ice time per game. He took a few, you know, a few more shots per game attempted than he did the previous year. His shooting percentage went up to 13.1, which is right around 
where he was during his stint with the New Jersey Devils, which really was kind of the prime of his career. And, you know, if he could get back to being somewhere between a 25 and 30 goal a year player, that could add, look, if he gets to 25 goals, that adds nine goals to the Islanders' total from a year ago. And it really doesn't seem impossible if he stays healthy. And I know that as players get older, injuries are more likely to happen, and they take longer to recover from. So, yeah, it's not quite cut and dry that Kyle Palmieri can or will bounce back. But I think he has more left in him where he is certainly capable of bouncing back. And based on the way this team is put together, I think the Islanders really need him to have that bounce back season. And we saw last year through the from the trade deadline through the end of the playoffs that the combination of Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, and Kyle Palmieri was the Islanders' best and most consistent line. Now, you're talking about a very small sample size, maybe 22, 23 games overall. Uh, But if they can keep that going, the pace would certainly be uh, advantageous and, and, and put them closer to where the Islanders want to be. So, you know... Palmieri is a streaky player. When he's on, he is very, very tough to slow down. He is capable of being the guy that gives the team that offensive boost. You look at March for him. uh, A goal and an assist against Detroit. A goal and three assists against Anaheim. A goal against San Jose. An assist against Pittsburgh. A goal and an assist against Columbus two goals and an assist against New Jersey. That's just March. And, you know, that is the hot streak. And then in the playoffs, where he had two goals and three assists, that's five points in six games. So Palms is capable, but getting him to do it, getting him to stay healthy, that's a big challenge. If he does, he can help the Islanders be better both on the power play and offensively overall, but it may be asking a lot at this stage of his career of Kyle Palmieri. He's got to go out and prove what he can do. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. Here we are. uh, It's the end of July. Is Zach Parise coming back? And if not, who takes over on the third line in his absence? We'll talk about that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And whether you're a Met fan, a Yankee fan, or a fan of another baseball team, you'll find plenty of great betting opportunities, odds, parlays, all there 
on FanDuel. And look, it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So, Zach Parise, we still don't know. Here we are, end of July, last day of the month, and still no word from Zach Parise. We know right now that the Islanders are a little over the cap. Now, they're allowed to be over the cap by 10% until the season starts. They're $486,625 over the cap right now, uh, according to Cap Friendly. And... We will see whether or not Zach Parise does make a return. But I guess the big question is, who fits in with J.G. Pajot on that third line? And I think there are a number of choices. Uh, First of all, obviously, if Parise comes back, he's going to be on that left side. Other possibilities. Well, you got Oliver Wallstrom. Whether he plays on the first, second, or third line remains to be seen. A lot of it will depend on how he plays in training camp. Anders Lee is a possibility. We know Bo Horvat and Anders Lee should not necessarily be playing together. Uh, Everydayers, you've heard me say that many, many times. Their styles are too similar, and they kind of do the same role the way they play. So having them together really isn't a good fit. It's nothing against either player. It just doesn't maximize either one of their talents to play with someone whose skill set and style is so similar to their own. So you could drop Anders Lee down to the third line, although I don't think he'll be thrilled with that. You certainly have Oliver Wallstrom as a possibility, although he would love to be on that top line or second line. I guess you couldn't rule out Pierre Engvall. Because Engvall, you know, most likely going to be on that third line. Uh, Unless there are injuries to the identity line, in which case he could drop back down. Uh, You have Hudson Fashing, but he's probably on the right side. So you have Engvall. They like him with Nelson and Palmieri. I think Engvall starts on the second line. So then you're talking about Wallstrom, maybe Lee, maybe... Uh, Fashing, if they move him to the left side, you have Julian Gauthier, who is a possibility, who is on certainly a a one-year contract, a one-way, rather, contract. So that remains a possibility. You you still have Carson Kuhlman. You have Ross Johnston. I don't think Ross the boss is really a third-liner. He's best suited for the... uh, Fourth line if he's playing, and then you sort of have guys like Simon Holmstrom. Does he possibly fit in? Uh, William Dufour and Matthew Maggio, probably still a year away. Ruslan Iskakov, who a lot of people are very excited about. Does he finally get that breakthrough this year during training camp and, and earn a spot? Those are 
possibilities. Or what about Arno Durando? Uh, he is a player who looked real good when he was up for, what was it, four games last year. He's 24 years old. Uh, I, I think he could be a good fit. This is one of those things that if Parise comes back, obviously Zach Parise owns that spot. That's going to be his position on the ice. But if he doesn't, you've got a lot of possibilities uh, of players who are capable of fitting in on that third line. And look, I, I, I think the, the, the overall thought process for the Islanders coaching staff right now is more or less that they want to keep Nelson Engvall and Palmieri together and they want to keep the identity line together. So that leaves your first and third lines kind of a little more up in the air and what Lane Lambert decides to do and how he decides to handle that situation a lot of it is going to depend on what happens in training camp and you've got these young players out there who are ready and available and capable of doing something but again who's going to step up and claim that spot I think Fashing will probably play right wing on that third line. Gauthier can play either side, so that's up in the air. I don't think they would want to move like Matt Martin up to the third line. I don't think that necessarily makes sense. So we'll see. We'll see. But that third line spot is kind of wide open right now for the New York Islanders. And it's one of those things that will be a battle in training camp. I get the feeling that the most likely candidate to win that job or to start the season in that position, I I think it's going to be Oliver Wallstrom. And that doesn't mean Wally can't move up into the top six if he plays well early in the season. But I think it is more likely that Wallstrom starts the season as the third-line winger and then from there may be able to move on up and, and, and play in the top six. And certainly, regardless of what line he's in, you got to hope he's a part of the Islanders' power play. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show You know, the national media, we talked last week about them giving the Islanders offseason a little bit of respect. Now, another offseason national uh, website kind of putting them down. We'll talk about that. Plus, we have our Islanders birthday of the day still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So the national media, you know, usually doesn't give the New York Islanders a lot of love. It just, they, they tend to underrate and underappreciate the Islanders. And sometimes it's deserved and, you know, sometimes it's very exaggerated. I mean, you know, the guys at TNT who are always calling the Islanders boring, I think that's done now more because it gets them attention and angers Islanders fans more than it is because they honestly believe it. But Bleacher Report. 
basically went out and gave grades to all 32 NHL teams uh, for their off-seasons. And the Islanders, not exactly a great grade, but you know what? Uh, I understand the reasoning behind it. The grade the Islanders got, a C plus. And the big question really is, uh, you know, that the Islanders didn't add any new impact players to their lineup. The, the, the reason that the grade was even as high as it was is the praise that Bleacher Report had for the Islanders re-signing Ilya Sorokin and locking him in for the next, you know, nine years after this coming year, which is the last year of his current contract. And they're very critical of the long-term deals given to Pierre Engvall and Semyon Varlamov and Scott Mayfield, not because they're bad players, but, and, and I think this is a legitimate criticism, uh, there is no need to give a third-pair defenseman a third-line winger or a, or a middle-six winger a seven-year contract. And, you know, how that affects the long-term health of the Islanders. So the Islanders get a C-plus from uh, Bleacher Report. And, uh, you know, that is not the worst grade in the division. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes earn a B-plus. The New Jersey Devils get an A. The Rangers a B. The Capitals also get a B. Then you add the two Pennsylvania teams in the division, tied with the Islanders, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, both earning a C-plus and then bringing up the rear in the Metropolitan Division, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who get a D-plus, that by far the lowest grade, but the Islanders, Flyers, and Penguins all getting C-pluses from Bleacher Report uh, on their overall offseason up until now. And they, they did grade uh, all 32 teams. The article came out on Sunday. And, you know, it basically says grading every NHL team's 2023 offseason so far. And, uh, you know, it, it this is not that respectful. But at the same time, I don't think it's off by that much. The only reason I might go to B- minus on it is because the Sorokin deal was so important for this team, and it was a deal that they locked up their best player at what is definitely going to be below market rate for a long period of time. So I might go a little higher as a result of the impact of the Sorokin deal, but overall, uh, you know, how much higher do you go when all you did was bring back Mayfield, Engvall, and Varlamov for, you know, pretty long-term deals for guys who probably should not have gotten them? Uh, the other sort of issue is, you know, some of those player, other teams in the Eastern Conference that will be fighting with the Islanders if it's, if it's a battle for the wild card. Buffalo, for example, getting a C grade. 
which is not as good as the New York Islanders. Detroit, a B plus. That's a team that very well may be fighting the Islanders for one of those wild card spots. And, you, you know, it's going to come down to the wire, really. Ottawa is the other team. They got a B minus, so only slightly better right now than the Islanders. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But the Islanders getting a C plus and again, uh, a little less respect than perhaps we would like to see from the national media. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. This is a player, today's birthday of the day, who had a very solid NHL career, but was only with the New York Islanders for a brief period of time. Uh, Basically was with the Islanders for 33 games during the 1988-89 season. He is Reed Larson, a defenseman. His birthday was Sunday. Drafted by the Red Wings in the second round back in 1976. Spent three years at the University of Minnesota. And, you know, for a defenseman, he went over 20 goals in five straight years with some pretty weak Detroit teams in the early to mid-80s. Went on to play for the Bruins and then the Oilers before joining the Islanders in the middle of the 88-89 season. Played 33 games for the Isles, 7 goals, 20 points, 35 penalty minutes. Then got dealt to the Minnesota North Stars and finished his NHL career with one game with the Buffalo Sabres in 1989-90. Also played in Italy uh, before hanging up his skates. 904 games, 222 goals, 685 points, and 1,391 penalty minutes. Uh, Larson also playing in 32 playoff games, none of them with the Islanders, four goals and 11 points. His best game with the Isles, well, he had a few, but how about this one? December 26th, 1988, at the old Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, Islanders, with Kelly Rudy in goal visiting Ken Reggett and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in this game, the Islanders go on the road and end up with a 4-3 win with the game-winning goal being scored by Reed Larson with less than three minutes left in regulation. It was his fourth goal of the year. Patrick Flatley and Brent Sutter getting the assist, 20 saves for Kelly Rudy as the Islanders win this game by a score of 4-3. to three. And for Reed Larson, uh, you know, he ends up being a plus one, gets the game-winning goal, had two shots on goal, and the game-winner did come at even strength. So happy 67th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Reed Larson. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Everydayers, when we come back on Wednesday, we will again take another look at a way the Islanders could possibly improve uh, from within. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more news about the Islanders' prospects playing in the World Junior Summer Showcase. So we'll talk about that and any other Islanders 
news, notes, and happenings. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.